0: Uh.
1: Coming soon this summer at theaters
2: everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it. R. Welcome to episode 45 of opening weekend, the movie podcast that travels back in time to revisit opening weekends of the past and revel in that other great American pastime going to the movies with our friends. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am joined, as always, by my dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week, we take a look at the original great American pastime. Baseball, baseball, how do you do? Baseball, (laughs) baseball, I love you. That's what a homeless man said to me once many years ago. He saw me wearing a Yankees cap, and he sang that to me. But I digress. This week, we travel back to April 7th, 1989, and the release of Major League, the baseball comedy starring Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, and Tom Berenger, as well as a film whose plot is set in motion by an ill-fated attempt to catch a game at Yankee Stadium, The Dream Team, starring Michael Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, Peter Boyle, and Stephen First. Rounding out the week, we have the Australian thriller Dead Calm, the film that introduced America to Nicole Kidman. But before we get underway with the week's films, Fred and Dan, where were you guys in spring? of 1989.
3: Wow. I was, well, uh, first of all, I have to say, I, I sing your baseball song all the time. I really do. I'm all the like, baseball, baseball, how do you know? I did
2: not have it written here. I just started, I said baseball and then said nope. baseball again. And then I was like, my brain, my, my, my monkey well. brain just went right to- <laughs> That's my that's that song I sing. That's the no, song. No, me too. As soon as you me. said
3: baseball twice, that's where I, I was singing in my head as well. So when you started to actually talk about it, I thought, Oh, thank God. I hope you
2: like- gave that guy a dollar. I really do. Oh, I absolutely did. I probably gave him a five. I was so I was so enchanted.
1: <laughs> that song is the gift that keeps on giving. It's just a great I said song. It in,
2: my, in my stand-up, I used to say, because it was like perfect. He was like, just saw yeah. a Yankee's cap on my head. He's like He's like, hey, 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 you like baseball? You like baseball? I like baseball, too. Do you want to hear something called the baseball song? <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. Absolutely. And he said, baseball, baseball, how do you do? Baseball, baseball, I love, I love you because it's baseball. Baseball, a bibbidi 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 bibbidi, bibbidi baseball, yeah.
0: I and I was they like, were Scatting crazy. in it, he
2: was kind of scatting it, but that's what I mean. He could have said anything, he could, he could have yeah. literally said anything. Hey, you just bought a cock ring over there? I, I got a cock ring too. Cock ring, cock ring. How did How you, do? Do you do? Cock <laughs> ring, cock ring. I bought two. <laughs>
3: Well, Dan, we know which song you're farting at the end. Yep. I think we all know.
2: (laughs) Wow. Oh, my God. That's great. Anyway, 89. 89.
3: (laughs) I was in junior year, junior year. How do you do? Junior year, junior year. I got. Uh, afro, and I'm a Jew. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I was trying to think of something with my mullet because, no, actually, you know what? By this point, it was shorn off. The beginning of my junior year was when I really had the long locks. By this point, it was shorn off, and I think there there was a there was a lot going on for me around this time. If I recall, I believe I was starting. I was probably in rehearsals for a production we in, in our school we always did a fall musical and a spring play and we were doing the diary of Anne Frank and I was cast as Peter van Dan, the mm. young boy uh who strikes up sort of a romantic relationship with uh with Anne, Anne Frank um guess who played Anne Frank to my Peter an old guest did the show a guest of the show, Nina. Well, sort of Nina. My oh, my what, my what I Nina. I was gonna guess yeah. Nina,
2: and then yeah, uh, I played- forgot the difference between real and imaginary <laughs> guests. Now wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was yeah. like Peter Burkrot was in your high school <laughs>
3: production of <laughs> David's Golf.
2: Played <laughs> and Frank. David Skoff as and Frank. <laughs> Pat King was and Frank. She's <laughs> they very all versatile. Did
3: it. They they sort of they rotated in and out every night. It was a different Anne star Frank.
2: casting. Yeah, it star was like Chicago on
3: Broadway. You know, yeah, right. Mary Lou Henry came in to play one <laughs> night.
2: Rosie O'Donnell yeah. did it for a few weeks.
3: So it's a free country. I'm a person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it was Nina, and it it was it was funny because originally uh, the the two girls who were up for the role were Nina and my sister Simona, and oh. I think, actually, Simona would have been better. She was, I think she was the front runner, but I think they wanted or they needed to cast me as Peter because I don't think they had any other young boys. Um, I got all my roles by default. So there was no one else. <laughs> no. So, I was like, yeah, I just give it to Fred, which is still happening <laughs> to this day. Uh, You're like, we need, Dan, I'm doing a podcast. We need one more person. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll give it to Fred. Why not? No. Fred. no one else can do it. Yeah. So, we don't um, have anyone else. Yeah. Uh, so, ridiculous. but they, they couldn't do that because- Peter and, and have a romantic relationship. And that would have been creepy, but I think Simona would have been actually a a better choice. And I think she would have gotten it. So I was doing that. And I think I might've been, this might've been the time of my junior prom. I can't Mm -hmm. remember. uh, Yeah. And I went with, I went with a a senior, my friend, Karen, who was also in that production. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think I've told this story as well. That when we did some kind of wonderful, that my friend Damon oh, yeah. drove us there. He was like, oh, the, he was our limo driver. <laughs> he, to, was your, at, he
2: was your Watts. He <laughs> was my
3: Watts. Ah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and the theme was uh, the song was uh, keeping in the, with with the wonderful theme. It was wonderful tonight, the Eric Clapton song. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. And then later that summer, when I my band was playing a gig at a cast party, I dedicated it to her.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. was there so? So that was a, so you guys were dating at that? No, point not at all. Not just, at all. You no. just went as friends, kind of. Or?
3: No, we went as she was the older girl that I was pining for yeah. and was like, Yeah, oh, yeah, you're pretty. And she's like, You're cute. <laughs> Um, but (laughs) let's just get it straight. Yeah. I'm
1: pretty
2: and you're cute.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Stay away from me. Don't hold my hand. Don't do, don't pretend you don't know me while we're at the No, she
3: was actually very, very, she was actually a really great date. She was a really great, I took, I took this, well, I took a a sort of page out of the Jason O'Connell date book and went for the older woman. I was going to say,
1: that's exactly what I did. Um, this would have absolutely have been Thanksgiving pants time. So things were <laughs> they started to it get a, April
2: though. Oh, yeah, you're just saying I, the size I, of the pants.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just the size of the pants alone.
2: We're, the it's pants your were Easter g- pants. Your, it's yes. Your, your, he has risen. Pants.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the pants were preparing for Thanksgiving several months early. <laughs> they were getting ready. They were like, Oh, it's Easter. You had ham. Great. Let's make a little more room. <laughs> for the next few months the the uh um thing that i was doing in school though besides sort of getting you know getting larger to accommodate you know that I, I really do, i really do start to gain weight like in a considerable way here but then by the time i get to like late junior year or senior year i I, yeah. I don't know if i sprout up more or i just my metabolism kicks in or something like that but it starts to sort of go away but at this point You know, parents, friends are like, you should try out for the football team, which is code for you are fat. That's basically what that what that is code for, Um, because it's a lot of sitting around. It's a lot of watching wrestling. It's a lot of snacking. Um, Remember Tasty Cake Candy Cakes? Remember
2: those?
3: Uh, no. vaguely. I
2: vaguely, I remember the brand name, but I, I was I, a big
3: yeah. hostess guy. I was hostess, you know, oh, okay. go hostess well, or go home. Yodels. <laughs> oh, I Hostess no, yodels are
2: good. Yodels
3: were, yodels good. were the best.
2: Nothing. We used to have devil dogs all the
1: yeah. time. Yeah, oh, Jason, time we devil had devil dogs, dogs and it, yeah. they, uh, they were sort of the.
3: Devil dogs are a little get, dry. They right? Are.
1: Devil dogs are dry. Exactly. Yeah. They're fucking dry. You get, you eat them and you're going to go. That's very yeah. true. That's can, very We, we That's always jumped
3: around. My, we went through phases. I the, <laughs> the fact that I was never nine hundred pounds when I was a kid is shocking to me because we <laughs> always had junk food. We yes. had junk food and Coke the, and craft uh, the, uh, and uh, and the, the single uh, plastic covered uh, pieces of American cheese.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes,
3: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, a yes.
1: lot of cheese whiz. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. All that, all that shit. We, we spried, didn't drink Coke yeah. that much. We didn't have soda that much. Thank God. Because I wasn't. Yeah. But did you think when, when you drank
2: soda? Hawaiian punch that you were drinking juice? Oh, did you think you like, I see. Oh, Hawaiian punch. It was always in the fridge. It's like, it was all sugar. It got garbage. Orange drink.
3: I told you about what my snack du jour was, right? Go I ahead. mentioned this. I didn't mean to cut you I'm, off, Dan, I but, know, but know. you've you you brought this back. I would come home and I would stand in front and I'd grab uh whatever, if, whether it be a yodel or whatever it was that yeah. month, every month, it was like a different nine <laughs> boxes of whatever, you know, we decided was our yeah. hostess de jour. So I'd have a yodel and I I'd, I'd plant myself. I'd literally just open the refrigerator door, keep it open. And I don't remember the order, but there were three things. It was a triangle. So, and I think, so I would take a bite of the yodel. I had a big, like the the big two liter thing of Coke, take oh. a bite of the yodel Swig of Coke, individually wrapped piece of American
0: cheese.
3: Repeat. Yodel. Swig of Coke. Another individually wrapped slice of cheese. And I would just do this. Repeat, 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 repeat.
2: Until you got
1: sick. Wow. (laughs) Pretty much. No wonder your bowels had such issues when we were in college. Like Fred, we would be walking to, you know, across the Unispan. He'd sit down in the middle of the Unispan and go, hang on a second. And hold his finger up and go. (laughs) And then he'd do it again. Two minutes later,
3: (laughs) I would sit down in the Unispan. You'd sit
1: down
2: anywhere on the campus (laughs)
3: You sit, really, sit down. I, didn't really I had to sit
2: to do it. I um, had to sit
3: down. Yeah. There, there, there was a technique to just like you have a technique with your hand farts. I had a technique Correct. with my actual farts. Oh my god! I'm yeah. not someone. And as I've gotten older, and I, I think this just happens as you get older. Now, yeah. if I'm standing, if there's no friction, you can still get a nice sound. <laughs> but at the time, but I not found then. not back. No, then. no, no. I needed to be sitting. I needed friction against the buttocks.
0: I have been in this business 52 years, and I will. I've never seen anything like this.
1: I was writing the movie reviews for the the school newspaper.
0: That's what I was doing.
1: And and I would not only write the movie reviews, but my sister worked at the video store, so I would write the video reviews. And Mm. so it was for movies like Places in the Heart and Amadeus (laughs) and things that no high schooler would ever see (laughs) or want to see. This is what I'm doing at this time. I'm like, hey, you guys should check out, you know. The man with one red shoe, you know, no, it's just things <laughs> that no one, no one cares about. But this is sort of the start of like now I'm going now I'm actively like renting things that I've heard were good, taking them home because my sister was working at the video store. Yeah. And, and I'm also, you know, just about to be on the cusp of working at the movie theater. So I'm seeing everything current as well. So this is really like movie time is like opening up for me at this time. Yeah. And that's a lot of fun. But it's a lot of sitting, so it's a lot of weight gain.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's sort of it's sort of like what we're all doing now. Like, we're going, we're watching all <sighs> yeah. these movies that we would normally never watch and we're not getting paid for it. <laughs> right. Similar right. to, and it's become like our job, but <laughs> it's, yet, it's you like know.
2: Right, we're in the time exactly machine. We're right. Really, yeah. <laughs> right back where we were. It was my senior year, and I was still doing the movie reviews and stuff. And I, I only mm-hmm. start with this. I had started doing that in ninth grade, so I was like the movie review guy all through high school. But um. I remember distinctly around this time, apparently right around this time, I had written like my monthly thing. And it was uh, I think what I reviewed was uh, Fletch Lives. right? <laughs> the sequel to Fletch came out and uh. and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure had come out. Yeah. And I I didn't love either of them, but I was kinder <laughs> to Fletch Lives. I wow. really didn't like Bill and Ted. I really didn't like it. I thought it was stupid. I don't know that I would change my opinion. I caught part of it recently and I was like, well, I, I was just, I just didn't get it, I guess. And I'm like, no, I got it. Um, <laughs> but I remember it like. Too sophisticated for but another time. But another kid was the humor columnist. And he, in his final article before graduation, he was, um, he was like, I have to, uh, I have to uh, quarrel with the uh, opinions of the, uh, the, the film critic of this uh, of this paper. Wow. Uh, and then he went on a whole thing about how brilliant Bill and Ted was and how I had missed the point. I've never seen anything like this. What someone would do now is comment on your opinion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It was kind of and like that. He was trolling no me. He was trolling yeah, you. he was yeah. trolling yeah. me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember thinking, like, and, was his name then? Mort
3: by any chance? Because for some reason, as soon as you said humor <laughs> columnist, like that term makes me think like his name was like Mort.
2: Mort Spiegelman. <laughs> uh, oh wait, let's change <gasps> Mort Challet, my brother.
3: The humor column. <laughs> well, that's in the, in the Comac it like, newspaper. Yeah.
1: He was
2: Will. His name was Will
1: Rogers. I don't know. I'm, if
2: saying, you're I'm saying humor <laughs> column because he was fun. I mean, it was funny, but it was like you know, it was a little. It was an opinion. It was like letter to the editor kind of thing. But he he wrote like an editorial of some sort about school issues each week. But he was funny. So that's was his name
1: Mini Pearl
2: by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> I <to> think of <laughs> other humorous let me, let me let me let me check the price tag on his head. Um, <laughs> ah, I, nice. And at this time, I was doing a lot of comedy. So I had just done Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, That was my last big show there. Where uh, you became a man. Where I became a man. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, Mazel, mm -hmm. Mazel. And then uh, and I was doing a lot of stand-up in... I was still, I was going to East Side Comedy Club, which does not exist anymore on Long Island, but yeah. um, the
3: Eddie Murphy done. of Comac. He was, went, that's what he did, right? He, he, he went young. to East
2: Side Comedy Club when he was in yeah. Roosevelt, Long Island, and yeah, a lot of people did. And there, and I, I remember the nicest thing, and this is probably more a junior year thing than a senior year thing, but I'll just mention it because who knows if it'll come up again in the future. Like mm. when they first, when I first did didn't open mic there, which was probably in my junior year. Then the club manager had invited me. There was something called What's New Tuesdays. And the the (laughs) gimmick of What's New Tuesdays was a group of comics would get together in the afternoon and write material for that night. And they would sit in the club and just and talk and like and like pitch each other on ideas like, do you think this is funny? Do you think this is funny? And then they would do what they wrote now i'm so literal minded and he invited me he was like you might be fun you know it was very kind he was like you're funny you get to see how these other comedians work and a couple of them were like guys i had seen on showtime at the apollo and other stuff so it was like it was like it wasn't just other open micers it was like some you know it was like actual working comedians who were doing this thing and they would go and they'd That stuff around and i it was so fascinating to me i remember sitting there being like oh my god just soak this all up and how comics talk to each other and i had some ideas and i said my ideas and they gave me some thoughts or whatever and i thought it was so great and then in retrospect i realized they all just did their regular act that night you know because then we performed that night and i was like i was holding myself to this It has to be what I write tonight as if it was like we're doing the 24 hour plays or something like like I wrote this. What I wrote at five o'clock is what I perform at nine o'clock. And it's like, yeah, sure. But none of those comics was just doing new material that they wrote that afternoon. They were like, but did they they come up with some of it? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They all folded in some of it, but they were basically doing their act and trying out a couple
3: new jokes. And I was like.
2: And I was like, I can't do anything that I've done before. This yeah. has to be all brand new. It was fine. I, can't, I don't I can't remember. do it the
3: baseball song tonight. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. But I remember being like, mm, I think you're holding yourself to too strict a standard here. But what I do were, remember that being like a really wonderful experience, really special.
3: Yeah. So. That is very cool. What What yeah. is a, a, a Tuesday night audience like? Are they like lively and crazy? Or are they... <laughs> Dead calm. Oh my oh,
2: God!
1: Fred. I was Bravius. going to make oh, they did the cam. same joke, and you got it to me. You got to it first. So. Oh wait, 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 wait!
0: <laughs> Dead
2: calm. I- Alone on a sea of
0: endless calm, it was easy to imagine they were the only two people on Earth. But into their perfect world, there came. A stranger. Stand off Trying to take her across the Pacific on your own? No,
3: there were six of us. Yeah, this died 10 days ago. I'm going on board her. Can't do
0: that.
2: Ray Ingram, played by Nicole Kidman, and her husband John, played by Sam Neill, struggle to overcome the sudden death of their young son. In an attempt to move past their loss, the couple take their yacht out for an extended vacation. While far out at sea, they come across a sinking schooner and rescue the ship's sole survivor, Huey Warner, played by Billy Zane. Huey claims that the rest of his crew died from food poisoning. Though Ray is empathetic towards Huey, John is suspicious of his story and decides to take matters into his own hands. Philip Noyce's thriller opened with $2.4 million on its way to a total North American box office of $7.8 million. Fred and Dan, what did you think of Dead Calm?
3: I really like this movie. I can tell from Dan's face, I think he's gonna go the other way with me on this one. <laughs> but again, I, I remember I have I have fond memories. I was really excited to rewatch this movie because mm-hmm. I remember seeing it a lot on cable. Oddly enough, I never saw the beginning. So watching the beginning like the first oh. couple of minutes, I I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I never saw I, I would always turn it on like right when Nicole Kidman is waking up from that horrible dream that she has, right. which is horrible the images in that oh god it's uh you know seeing her her son die fly through through the the windshield
2: which has has no bearing on anything else ever again except that she's been through hard stuff
3: yeah i thought that that
2: was unnecessary ultimately since it didn't come back into play I, I,
3: i felt that as well too so that was so knowing that seeing that in the beginning i thought huh I, I wanted a little more of that, but, I, but to to me, like I said, so I, I, I watched it a lot and obviously I had no idea at the time who Nicole Kidman was, you know, this was, I think her first sort of major, she'd done a lot of TV in Australia. I thought it was a really interesting conceit. I thought it was cool that it was just three people, you know, in the whole movie, that was pretty much it. Yeah. And I, I sort of, in in a way it started out, I kept thinking, in, especially in this rewatch, I'm like, it's like a Pinter play. Uh, <laughs> I wish it had a bit more of the marital tensions of a Pinter play. I think that would have made the movie a little more interesting. Uh, possibly, maybe if there was a little. I mean, Sam Neill is—he's very officious. He's very cold. He's very by the book. You know, he's—he's he's a military man. Uh, and so, in, in the beginning, it's like, okay, this is what you have to do. You have to be strong you know, we have to get over this. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe that's <clears throat> how they were trying to drop that in there. But you're, you're right, Jason, all the trauma in the beginning is sort of, it, it goes away very quickly. Now, once it goes away, I didn't, I, I wish, I think it could have been a more interesting movie maybe had they sort of kept that throughout. If you take that out, I still think it's a pretty taut thriller. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I <laughs> I, I, I think Billy Zane is really good in it. I, I really like him in it. I think he's he's interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> I, oh. I, I like him. I like him in it. Now, oh. I, I, there's not much that I like him in after this. Oh. <laughs> I think he's a very interesting. I mean, he starts off, he comes on, oh. there's no doubt that he's a lunatic. And I sort of do you think? Mind. Do you think
1: there's <laughs> no, no. and there might for a s- second be a shred <laughs> of doubt of any human it, with a brain <laughs> no, no, no. that he's criminally insane from the yes. first moment he's rowing over to the ship? <laughs> This is a terrible performance. No, I'm
3: dis- I'm going to disagree with terrible. you. Terrible. No, I don't I don't think so. The only thing so. worse is how they react to him. That the was the worst. Yes, He's that I didn't. Awful. The, the beginning, I think I think all the problems of the movie are in the beginning of it because there are a lot of things like I said that that opening with the with the trauma of losing a child is never comes back again and the fact that this guy wrote <laughs> Dan can't even look at me.
1: No, because He's what I'm what I'm reconciling. Up yeah. What I'm reconciling, and that's a big turn. What I'm reconciling <laughs> is uh, I am uh, this we didn't we didn't even make it to 50. This podcast is over. What? It's Come over. On. I can't continue. Fred, oh, this geez. is a
3: bad movie and a bad performance. I disagree. I disagree. Oh. I enjoyed it. I think, look, I think, yes, the, I, I'm oh, I'm, I'm. explaining there are problems and they all happen in the beginning in the movie. And like I said, it's getting rid of that. It's not exploring that more. And it's also the fact that Billy Zane shows up and Sam Neill's like, yeah, I'm going to row to the other boat. You stay here with, you know, you stay here young wife with this, Crazy guy. That's, in the
1: boat.
2: that's true. That's a big,
3: that is problem. a little, so that, massive, that was massive the part where problem like, why,
1: with the movie. would, why you, ever would you do, do that, that in 10,000 years? Leave your, forget if you forget if he's Billy Zane, forget if he's completely criminally insane from the first five seconds you meet him. Would you ever leave your wife, your wife, who is fragile and who, I wanted right. Billy Zane to be the one to fly through the fucking uh, windshield and die. In the first I, five I've got they right here, I want Zane
2: this. to die a horrible death. I wrote that multiple times. <laughs> no, well, he did he's I, a nice I, man, I assume. Oh, well, maybe yes, maybe in life, maybe in life. This Never is a on movie screen. where
1: people keep making dumb decisions so that the movie keeps going. That this is the worst kind of thriller. I thought the
3: dumb decision was made at the beginning. Casting? The casting no.
1: of it? Oh, no. <laughs> Was that the dumb decision
3: made in the I, beginning? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by my... I, do I think it's the greatest performance note to man? No, but I think what I like about him, I find it interesting. He's obviously crazy, but he's also sort of this lost little boy. Like, he just wants to be... He just, I'm not, I'm not defending what he does, but I like the fact that he's playing this thing where he's like, I just want to be heard. Like, I just want to have friends. I just want to, he's obviously a fucking lunatic and delusional. I just thought that was an interesting and even scarier aspect to him that he does. You know, he puts on the little pouty Brando lips and, you know, you, he's he's trying to be
1: Brando through half of it. He's not.
3: He's I didn't t- think he was trying to. I think he just he just happens to look like Brandon. He resembles Brandon. Yeah. yeah. He's
2: yeah. awfully he's awfully pretty and awfully uh, clean and well sh- shaven as he comes from a boat that has a bunch of <laughs> dead people on it for 10 days. that it's he killed sinking. for what
1: reason? Because they didn't I like his photographs?
2: They didn't like they didn't, Why they didn't did like he him giving them? his opinion of the photo shoot, I guess. I guess. I As really if don't this know movie her. could it's get just a crazy, crazy. I think he's, he's, he's a crazy. paranoid he's schizophrenic. Yeah. He,
3: th- he, th- he, th- he says that. He's like, you're sounding just like them. He thinks people are out to get him. He's mentally unstable. I didn't need to know the backstory. Some movies I do for some reason, I was able to forgive it for this. Now, look, again, yeah, sure. the, we, we, can, we, that, that, we talk about this with a lot of movies. There's please. something about when you, when you have a history with a movie. Like I said, I watch this movie a lot when I was in 89 on cable. Cause it was just on and I found it mm-hmm. interesting and it was different. And coming back to it, I forgive a lot of those things. And, well, and sure. it's the same thing, I think with weird science, Dan, with you and me, like weird science, Caddyshack. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've so said maybe, before,
1: our wives watch these movies and go, what, what was wrong with all of you? <laughs> right. So
3: maybe <laughs> I'm giving it a little bit more leeway, but I don't know. Cause you remember
2: d- it fondly. Yeah.
1: Sure. You yeah.
3: But it. I still don't, I, I, I still don't, I think he's that bad. I don't think the movie, I feel like, yes, you do, unfortunately, you do have to sort of forget some stuff that happens, which maybe isn't the best way to start a movie, but I feel like once it gets going, <laughs> it gets going. I was, you know, I was, I was it, still sort of on the edge of my seat watching it.
2: It, it. Like a lot of movies like this. Yes. There are a lot of stupid things that happen. Dan, and then you, you like and then Baby's
3: you, Day Out. So yeah, stop, stop at the stare. It
2: all, it all comes Here are the
1: to reasons that. why Baby's Day Out is better than del- Dead Calm. Number one, plausible. Number <laughs> <No>. two. <laughs> Good baby, good baby performance. The dog <laughs> in Dead Calm is very good. So There's a very good performance. The dog acts. in Dead Calm. Very know, sad when that
2: dog. That was terrible. That very. was and terrible. unnecessary
1: and totally, totally, unnecessary. totally unnecessary. unnecessary. Why was, dying was it necessary? Unnecessary.
2: unnecessary to fling the baby out the window to show us yes. the mannequin of yep. the baby? The baby mannequin through fly, the, fly like, through the windshield m- like Neo
1: at the end of the Matrix, flying <laughs> through the dark. <laughs> yeah.
2: Something that, com- that 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 winds up having no bearing on the rest of the film. Uh, we know she has trauma. We did not need to see. her. I we got it. We, got it. we get like it when the baby undoes know. its, uh, you know, its, yeah. uh, its car seat buckle. And she's driving in the worst rain you've ever seen. Uh, yeah, that, that something bad's going to happen to the baby. I didn't need to see the body go through. Imagine the day they're stream. filming that. The second yeah. unit guy being like, "You need me to film this, Philip?" He's like, "It'll be nice." <laughs> like, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> no, my last name. It'll be nice. <laughs> It'll be, that's 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 my signature.
3: Baby flying
2: through windows.
3: <laughs> it was produced by George Miller. Who did all the Mad Max uh, movies? So yes, maybe they yes. needed to do something like that. I, I
2: don't guess know. so. But I, I, I remember being like, "Well, that's shocking. That's 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 a that's a way to start a movie." And then, um, yeah, I you know the, the part of the fun of a movie like this is where it gets clever, and then the main character, one of the main characters, the person you're rooting for, does the stupid thing, or like, or like the not. The most logical, because you you want them to be okay, but they're human beings and they're under pressure, and then they do something, and you're like, oh, that's so stupid. That's part of the fun. It's like the the you know that that old uh, the trope of people you know in a movie theater screaming, get out of the house! Don't what are yeah. you stupid? Don't yeah. look behind the door. It's fun in that way, I guess. Uh, there were things that happened, a lot of things that I thought. E- even subtle things like when she finally gets that gun. Shoot she, him 436
1: times in the neck.
2: But also Why? wait, until, wait somewhere where Why? you can where you can shoot him. She comes down into that cramped space. Y- you know what I mean? Like she comes down into like this weird little Ugh. hallway. She knows where he is. And he's like, what are you doing with the gun? And he grabs it from her. She <laughs> couldn't even. I was like, I'm watching. I was like, you can't even. You wouldn't even be able to move your limbs so that you could aim the gun at him there. Like, that's yeah. a bad move. Stay up top until he comes right. up to the open and right. then and then blow him away. So stuff no, like that. No, she didn't have right?
3: time. She just basically, like, got <sighs> willingly raped.
2: Yeah, which I also thought... Fantastic, nice move movie between the dog, the baby <laughs> flying through the window, and poor I Nicole so Kidman movie. having to get raped for no good reason. I was like, come on, movie. I mean, come I, on, didn't, movie. I don't know.
3: I didn't, I, I know, not, I hate that was that very, I, disturbing. I very disturbing. I didn't mind it, it was disturbing, but I thought she was trying to do She snapped into survival mode, and she was obviously didn't want to do it, but she's like, I have to somehow. Well, And, and, and she tells
2: is, that story on her face. She's great. Nicole Kidman is great. Terrific. It's clear yeah, why she's, she's like a megastar and a, no a multi, multi-award winning actress. And Sam Neill, I thought was great. Billy Zane, I couldn't really abide.
3: They tried to kill me, right? They tried to suck the light out of me. If you could possibly grasp that concept. Who oh, were? Uh, the whole of them.
1: This guy, Zane, to me, <laughs> you, ha- you have, once you get into the, like the late 80s, early 90s, it's Billy Zane. Sometimes Jason Patrick Who I always used to think was Billy Zane They, they or look Billy the same Zane, He would yeah. have been great in this They look kind of the same And yeah. then you have I can never figure out who they are D- uh, Dylan Mulrooney David, McDerm- David McDarvid yes. Yes. Dilvin Mcdaven <laughs>
2: Darvin
1: Mul- Muldoni, yes. yeah. Dylan McDermott,
2: and, and Dermot Mulrooney right. Dylan yes. McDermott,
1: is in there oh Daigle <laughs> <laughs> These guys are all basically the same person. Get one of them in there. Get Dumal Moharvan in there. Get any of them. Get Dilgan Dukovil in there. And have him play the part. This Zane, what, what did they, did they open like a model directory? What, he he spoofs himself in Zoolander. And it's brilliant. Yes. It's brilliant right. because he is vapid. He is a model type. And I lo- the best mo- the, one of the best moments in Zoolander is when Ben Stiller goes, "Listen to your friend Billy Zane," or one of the one of them says that because Billy Zane happens to be there. I'm like, "Yeah, that's Billy Zane. He's the model type that you want to throw overboard, which is why he's great in great casting Titanic. in Titanic. <laughs> you want to punch him in the face until he is dead. I've never seen anything like this. Nicole Kidman, shoot him until he is dead. Just keep shooting him." you keep making the dumbestest everyone I mean, in this movie keeps she making the, d- yeah. I don't give a shit. You, you, you just, get, I, I, I thought ahead, about Fred.
3: that. I don't think it's that easy. I, cause I thought about that as well. Oh, come on. I don't think if you're in that situation for Sam Neill, yes, he's a military man <sighs> for, for, you know, Average Joe, how easy would it be to, kill, to someone? kill someone? I don't think, so I forgive that in movies when you're like, just shoot them. I don't think it's that easy. I don't think that's easy if you've never shot. Now, look, maybe she has, maybe there's some history. Maybe that's what we were missing, but there was no, I I, I was okay with that. I understood why, and I understand that in movies when people don't shoot right away because most people have never shot a gun or a harpoon gun or a flare gun, let alone killed someone with it.
1: No, I think that, you know, uh, when you, when you, when you put that together with you, put her empathy or her unwillingness to kill him together with the beginning of the movie and you, and where she loses her son and you sort of stick that together this movie is a candy cake of a movie. You have the you have the you have the <laughs> the sponge cake which is Nicole Kidman, which is the substance of the movie. Then you have the ribbon of peanut butter, which is the death of the child. Then you have <laughs> then you have the enrobed then it's enrobed in chocolate, <laughs> which is the foracte connection between the the you know her empathy and Billy Zane's playing it like a little child. And this is that's why she can't shoot him is because she has the strength to endure trauma, right? That's what the beginning is, you know gives her that strength. But uh, I can't believe I'm I'm giving this movie this much credence. But I think that's what they're doing is saying, oh, that's why she, you know, that's why she up until the very end, which is the great, which. That's the funniest thing we saw this week. Let's be honest. The death that of was, I, 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 I looked that up because that seems that was tagged on hilarious. Hilarious. That, hilarious. The
2: very ending,
1: yes, the flare gun to the mouth, it goes yeah, in yeah. his mouth and it no, it's like his, something it explodes out of from a flare gun. It's like something out hilarious. of Con Aire or
2: Face Off. It's, it's very much oh my God. like the birth of the late 90s thing of like the ridiculous, <laughs> a the person taking forever to die like it's, right. a, like Fatal it's a zombie or yeah. a Halloween kind of thing. But right. like now doing it with like regular people who somehow uh, don't refuse to die, yeah. uh, which is very annoying. And then dying in the most ridiculous way possible. Like yeah. Well, I, that
3: was tagged on. Two, two interesting things I read about this movie because I thought that was – I remember that from watching it as, you know, when I was younger.
1: Hysterical. But- I laughed out loud like a lunatic. Oh, yeah. It kills,
3: Apparently, it, it kills it. The studio whatever. was like, you need to, re- you know, months after they finished, the studio was like, you need to do a different ending because they thought it was too ambiguous. They thought it was weird that they just left him out to see. I thought that would have been cool. I thought that would have been a little more interesting maybe, but they wanted, they wanted a bit more. The studio said we, we need something more definite and they wanted something a little more sensational. The other thing that I thought was interesting, which I had no idea was that Orson Welles had been trying to make, this is based on a book from 1963 and Orson Welles was trying to adapt it for years called, and his version was called the deep. Now in the book, there's more characters But yeah, this was like one of his big passion projects, which I found fascinating. He
2: was like, unless I can figure out how to get a flare gun to go <laughs> off in someone's mouth until technology meets my desires, there shall be no dead
0: calm. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence.
2: Yeah, the ending was, it was truly... Yes, truly ridiculous. Orson Welles probably would have done it better. Um, (laughs) The the way you know it's all, the way you also know it's tacked on is to me the thing that there were a lot of points in this movie where I was like, "Okay, this isn't my normal cup of tea," but I'm, I mean, it's beautifully filmed. It's gorgeous to look at, and uh, she's so wonderful. And it does, it is very interesting that it's just the three of them and the tension. Is ratcheted up so high for so much of it. Even with like the oh god, why would you leave your wife on that boat? Oh god, why would you do that with the gun? Oh, that stupid dog who I loved, but you're like oh, the dog is just there to keep fucking things up for Nicole Kidman. (laughs) So you feel bad because in a way you want the dog to go away. He gets the keys.
1: He jumps (laughs) in the water and brings the
0: keys back.
2: Ridiculous! Ridiculous! I thought that was great. It was great. I thought it was. I thought it was very clever and great that the dog is. Fett is just will fetch. So she can't get rid of the keys because the dog will bring them back. I thought there was so much <sighs> really good stuff. And I was it was a high Sheila movie for me for a little while. And then much like I think it was Porky's. It, it, it was it just went down like, you know, it was yep. like the Dow Jones was dropping. And I was like, no, no, no. I just was the opposite. Getting, no, it kept getting worse for me. And uh, uh and I will say the, the very worst thing is there is that tacked on. Late '90s ending, like (laughs) the the flare in the mouth. Death for Billy Zane after his after his bloody hands are washing her hair. Hysterical, (laughs) like I'd love avocado toast. And he's like, "Yeah, these." I mean, he would be long dead. So long dead. Anyway, so he he gets killed with the flare, and then there's a hard cut to just Nicole Kidman and Sam Neill yeah. looking out of the water with these placid expressions that is yeah, clearly that was... from another cut of the movie <laughs>
0: yeah. where there
2: was no it was just like them thinking boy it's like it's like a shot from when they first see that raft go by with no yep. body in it and they're like yeah. hmm i wonder what happened to him I wonder if the sharks got him. The end. But, but instead, they had to like be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on. We're gonna bring him back from the dead. Have him wash your hair. Then he's gonna get shot in the face. <laughs> then placid shot of two people contemplating As
1: if <laughs> the mysteries of the wrong sea." With what just happened in the last <laughs> exactly. five minutes? Exactly. Well, should we clean up shot. the avocado toast? Yeah.
0: <laughs> the last <laughs> shot
2: really, really killed it for. I oh, mean, it, it was. I was kind of. I was like, mm, "This didn't do it for me." And then that last shot came along, and I was like, "Wow! How can you drop a whole Sheila with the last shot <laughs> shot of a movie?" Yeah, but it
1: did. Dare it.
3: I yeah. ask how many Sheilas? Oh God! The I'm scariest not-
1: thing in the movie, and I'll give it, I'll give it two Sheilas for this, is when is when um, when Sam Neal is is he's having to sort of breathe. He's completely consumed with water, and he's having to breathe through a pipe. Yeah. Because lightning strikes the mast and he can't get out. It's like these are the unluckiest people <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but he's got to breathe through this pipe and a fish swims by his face. I was like that's utterly terrifying. <laughs> you fish <laughs> cuz you hate fish. Cuz I despise <laughs> fish. I would have killed myself at that at that <laughs> moment. I would have been like this is it I don't oh my care God. About how are we anymore. going
2: to get you to go to the Dreyfus Sheila wedding of the century. There's so much so much fish on the menu, in the, on the groom's side. <laughs> <laughs> <You>. <laughs>
1: uh, well, and the other thing is, I'm not that big a fan of birds either. So what do we do? <laughs> what do um,
2: we do? What do we do? Boy. So two Sheila's for you? Dose. Yeah, two.
3: I'm going to give it six and a half. Oh, for the I, love so, I'm of sort two. of tempted to give it a seven just oh. to be like, fuck you. I like Billy Zane
2: in it. Oh, Dude, no. I, 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 when we were like halfway no. through the movie, I was like, this is, this could be a seven. This could be a seven for oh. me. Oh, but it ended up for me at four point five because I I was using the damn rationale. I was like, I got to the end, and I was like, Would I recommend this? Right. No, but I but there's a lot of good things about it and good work and like I say, g- great actors, two 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 good actors, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm not a Zane fan. And uh, yeah, I was like, I've got it. It's got to just. It's a not recommend, so it's got to be below five for me. So that's where I landed, 4.5. But I but I appreciate everything you're saying, Fred. And I get why you would dig it and why you would have fond memories of it. And all your arguments are they make sense to me. I just it just didn't you know, it didn't ultimately work for me. I was like, "Ah, why do I have to watch baby death, dog death, Kidman rape, Zane face?
3: Dan, if they'd cast Dylan McDermott or Andrew McCarthy or someone else in that role, would it have been more of a dream team for you? Well, that's what
1: I was going to say. We can solve this right now. I can get on the time phone, call Philip Noyce and say, listen, (laughs) Dillman Muldowney is available. Get him on the horn and he'll be in there. Yes, that would have been a dream team.
2: Ah, Dilbert DeLuca, where are you when we need you? The dream team.
3: League psychotics. I've never agreed with that diagnosis.
0: We're on a field trip to a ball game Get the road, yeah, yeah, don't come back when their doctor no disappeared. No we run into one complication murder.
3: What you say?
0: Would you recommend a good clinical psychiatrist
1: in the neighborhood we seem to have lost ours? Now,
3: we ran into a little snag out here. Somebody's trying to kill Dr. Weitzman. I fear my doctor may have been seized by the Romans.
0: They're on their own
3: kind of wanted by the police right now
0: bummer they're off their medication
3: <sighs> ah, it's great to be young and insane and they're about to give the world a dose of reality
2: psychiatrist dr weitzman played by dennis butzikaris takes four mismatched mental patients on a therapeutic outing to yankee stadium billy played by michael keaton is a nihilistic author with violent tendencies Henry, played by Christopher Lloyd, is an obsessive compulsive who has convinced himself that he's more doctor than patient. Jack, played by Peter Boyle, is an ad exec with a messianic complex. And the childlike Albert, played by Stephen First, is unable to communicate in anything other than the terminology of a baseball broadcaster. When two corrupt cops incapacitate Dr. Weitzman, the four troubled men must fend for themselves amid the lunacy of New York City. Also starring Lorraine Bracco and directed by Howard Zeef, the dream team Earned five point seven million dollars over its opening weekend, on its way to an eventual twenty eight point nine million dollars at the box office. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of the Dream Team?
1: Um, okay. Knowing me, knowing me, okay. Think about my me, my brain, yes, my sense of humor. What's my what more was my what, what was my? Oh, <laughs> I wanted more babies <laughs> in it. That's my first. More babies that's in what peril. She down, right. Um, what was my favorite, what was my laugh at my one and only laugh out loud moment oh, in this geez. movie? Did it have
3: something to do with Peter Boyle? Yes. Yeah. Because he was, to me, he was the funniest. I'm I know
1: sorry. the
2: funniest moment in the movie. Cause it's, a, it's, it's, uh, it's actually the polar opposite for me of the mem of the scene. I always conflate it with, which is. DeForest Kelly in the hospital <laughs> in Star Trek Four. Yes. The voyage yes, home. Yes. yes. When Star yes, Trek Four, yes. DeForest Kelly ah. sees a woman who needs dialysis yep, to, gives he's her a like, pill. he's like, What is it? The Middle Ages gives her a pill and yep. she's like dancing in the I hospital. got a new kidney. She's yep. like, I got a new kidney doc. It, amazing. Yep. The opposite scene is <laughs> the the <laughs> is a guy who can't mm-hmm. walk in a hospital bed yep. and Peter Boyle walks up to him and says walk my son or walk my child and, <laughs> rise, the man and get, rise and walk and the guy gets up and falls on the floor and i thought that was fantastic
1: hysterical because a it happens in the background you have to be yes. watching the guy yeah. to know what's happening yeah. for a half second you go oh my god he is Jesus and then the guy <laughs> falls down immediately <laughs> and people rush over to him and like are you okay that was hilarious And this movie should have been filled with things like that. This movie is on paper, a fucking bit machine. It's a bit machine. Yeah. Fill it with that style of comedy. This movie doesn't have really anything funny going for it. It is plodding. It's meandering. It's ponderous. I've made crock pot roasts that that are that are faster paced i mean it's just like (laughs) you know it's like come on movie every time i paused this movie there was an hour left every time you keep waiting for the funny great cast great cast across the board awesome to see young lorraine brocco holy shit i didn't even know she was in this or had anything to do with it she's great and i love her um you know uh, you can't go wrong with with what christopher lloyd's doing he's so committed to the to he's kind of my my favorite fred i you thought know. he was
2: beautiful in it he's my favorite yeah he's it. lovely
1: in it and that scene where he goes home is great but you know yeah, take really out great. all of the take out all of the mawkish take out all of the sentimental take out all of the and make this thing a fucking michael keaton bit machine this thing should have been every bit as funny as gung-ho And it just kept falling flat, 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 because they just kept they kept going back to the crime. It's like it reminded me of three men and a baby. It's like you keep going back to the crime thing, which we don't need. Just I, I kept wanting them to go. I would have enjoyed the movie more had they actually arrived at Yankee Stadium and had like a day of cuckoo craziness at Yankee Stadium, you know, of just getting into hijinks there. That's a better movie to me.
2: I do like it, though. I really do. Oh, and I know it's, you know, nominally because I'm a, all a, a Keaton right. fan because I saw it so many times. I saw it opening actor. night in the movie theater, and I've seen it uh, several times since, but not in a long time.
3: Now, was that Michael Keaton or was that the drummer from Night Ranger? I couldn't tell from the hair.
2: The hair was <laughs> am- amazing. That was him. Wow. His, that was his, yuck- his clean yuck- and sober hair. He had clean and sober and dream team. He had that hair wow. going yeah. on. And then it's a yeah. lot of hair. And then Warner Brothers made him. Chop it off for Batman, <laughs> but, and then from then on, it was very closely. Sure, you know, the Pacific Heights key. And as he was losing yeah. more of it, it started to get cut much closer. But yeah, he was rocking the mullet for a few oh. films there in the mid eighties. Wow.
3: I remember watching it a lot, and I remember you know finding it uh, very moving. At points, I was less moved on this rewatch. You mentioned the scene, Christopher Lloyd, when he goes back to his family. Yeah, I was really let down by that in this room. Mm-hmm. I I, oh, I was I like, wow, it. that's a missed opportunity. Because I I thought he was great. I thought they were all great. Peter Boyle was my favorite. Peter Boyle made me consistently laugh. Pretty much everything huh. he said, I at least chuckled. Uh, there there was something so they were all very sincere in their performances, but his I found the most ridiculously sincere.
1: I live the white man's lie but I was lost. Yes, I was dancing with alcohol. I was loving drugs.
0: And there were women. Brothers and sisters. Oh, God, there were women. Fine women.
3: But I hadn't hit bottom yet. Oh, no. I just kept falling. Right on through the floor.
0: And that's when
1: God found me.
3: I really loved, I thought the first half hour, I really liked. I think Dennis Bucicaris is fantastic in everything. I love that guy. He's a big it's audiobook narrator. Um, oh, cool. So I've, I've had the does opportunity he remind to me talk to him. Ron he looks Silver. like Ron,
2: Silver. Ron, Ron Silver. I always think it's Ron Silver in this yeah. movie. He's, like, he's sort oh, of like no.
3: a, a yeah. nicer, softer edged Ron Silver, but he's yeah. great. I, you know, I thought it was really sweet how they were all, they had the, these, these very strong personalities. But then as soon as he mentions leaving, they all get very scared. It yeah. was really, even Michael Keaton. I didn't need more funny bits. I just wanted mm. maybe more truthful bits. Mm. And I, I just found mm. the scene with Christopher Lloyd when he goes back flat it fell flat for yeah. me I didn't buy the relationship I wanted more you know she hasn't spoken he and his wife she hasn't spoken yeah, to him in, it's in two years you're right it's simplistic.
1: simplistic it's a little pat I think the reason I like the scene with the family uh you know or, or why it got to me you're you're absolutely right Fred it is too it's too simplistic and pat but when he gives the daughter the clipboard, the clipboard. you know that was I mean, great. Talk about like we we rarely talk about props on this show, but talk about like imbuing a prop with oh, yeah. with meaning. And the and when he gives her that clipboard, I was like, oh, that's that's dynamite.
2: The structure of the scene and what the other what the actresses are given to do around him. Yes, very very simplistic cookie yeah. cutter compared to the complexity of the midnight run scene. Wait, isn't much
1: about one hundred and eighty dollars babysitting money, sweetheart. I can't.
2: I, get- I can't please i can't i can't sweetheart but what but it's not about that so much as it's about lloyd about what christopher lloyd is doing and how he's he's receiving that and how he's processing the potential of coming home and the interaction with the door yeah and giving that clipboard to her for the drawings letting go of that and then that great moment where she kisses him on the cheek and Aww. he starts to go to kind of like yeah. hug, but he's he's not like ready that. to do it. So he drops his arm and then shakes her. hand. Oh, it yeah. was really I thought, you know, for me, and this is no surprise. And I said it about Gung Ho, too. It's like when I was younger, being such a Michael Keaton fan, it's like like Gung Ho. the movie was all about Keaton. You know, I was like, ah, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton, he's great. And everybody else is great. But Michael Keaton, it's the Michael Keaton movie. But for me, it's really, Christopher Lloyd is the is the is the finest it's like great acting it's a a beautiful performance from him and very very nuanced and very complicated and keaton's great too but it's you know you say it's the movie's not a bit machine it's not at all but there were a million times i was like well there's a line from the trailer there's a like they give keaton a lot of those like Mm -hmm. that's a great day to be young and insane you know like he's got like all the like little kind of like the scene button lines you know and he's got the great thing about I, I was an architect. He's, he's, he's a writer, and the way he manifests his writing, it, 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 he's, his pathological lying is his writing yes. in real time. And he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was an architect on the uh, World Trade Center. We were just going to do one, and we were like, and yeah, just throw <laughs> the other one up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got that. He's got, he's got a bunch of great little lines like that that are really fun. Did you guys see
3: Wolfen? That movie about those gigantic wolves that come out at night, and they eat people, and, like, rip their guts open, and they're kind like, of shit hanging out of their mouth and stuff. And the thing was, people would live, like, for an hour later, you know, and just, like, lay there and
2: twitch and stuff. They shot it right down here. You know why? This is exactly where it happened. That was a true story.
1: Those wolves actually happened.
2: Oh, to this day... I remember watching that movie and he says the thing they're in the Holland Tunnel and he's like, see those tiles? One of those tiles comes out. Millions of pounds of water. And I, every time I go through a tunnel in New York City, I'm like, yeah, that would be bad if if, uh, if any of these come loose. Jason, we're I'm fucked. the
3: same exact... I can't believe you said that watching this movie. I brought back all this trauma. I was like, oh, that's where it's yes. from. I yes. always get nervous going well, then, through those whenever I go through the Holland but, Tunnel. Well, like, did they, the they make that goes. movie
1: with Stallone?
2: They actually made that Somebody saw this and was like, you know, Good Michael movie. Movie. Yeah. Keaton might not be the guy to battle all these uh, gallons of water, but Stallone <laughs> is. No, but I will say, so even though Lloyd is my favorite, but Keaton again like watching these movies years and years later yes like the 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 corrupt cop plot and a lot of the missed opportunities yeah. those things did bother me now but by the same token the little grace notes of the performances not the script and so Christopher Lloyd and and for me Keaton like watching him navigate yeah. things he's so he's so good in scenes that you don't even think about like when he first comes into that restaurant where Lorraine Bracco works and yeah. it's this crowded restaurant and he orders the beer, even just that, just him. It's, I keep thinking it's like going to be all of us post COVID. Like just, it's like, he's not mm. socialized anymore. Like just even just him walking among people in the bar, it felt like he was, he felt like a, a an alien a little bit, just for yeah. a second. It's a tiny yeah. thing that he's doing. And then I think was such a beautiful moment. moment when he's watching Grapes of Wrath. The And the look on his face, yeah. how yeah. how kind of innocent it's like the most innocent and guard dropped moment for him in, in yeah. the movie. And then Dennis it's almost Kasparis like that's the man he in. wants
3: to be. Yeah, he wants yeah. to be a Henry Fund, a guy He wants, he wants to, to be that, dependable, yeah. you know, that's right.
2: And he loves it. And then and then the, the therapist walks in and he's like, yeah, you know, you know, all of a sudden, all those Keaton defenses go up. The character goes up. But yeah, loved it. Love that stuff.
1: Um It was good to see. He is very good and it was good to see Jason's eyebrows make another appearance on Milo O'Shea's face. Yes. I thought I knew you were going to say that. that was really like, lovely it was like, to see him getting work. You're kind eyebrows. of a young Milo O'Shea. You re, you do resemble Great. him like good. in face. He's That's wonderful.
2: Good. Yeah, so I'll play I'll 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 play tired guys at bars like saying like, well, you know the secret is or <laughs> Well, when my wife died, you know, or Santa's a state of mind. Oh, those are the things I'll say in movies. <laughs>
3: Santa is a state of mind. Speaking of the bar, there was a scene where Christopher Lloyd walked into the bar, which I thought was very funny. And he sat down. The guy next to him, I'm like, wow, he looks just like Christopher Lloyd Circa Taxi. It looked well, like so he was literally funny. sitting down next to Reverend, Reverend Jim. Jim. That's yeah. so funny. That's funny. There was one thing that I noticed. I don't know if this, I think it was done on purpose because- you know, we've said this before about other movies. It, it's always nice to see New York City back yeah. in the day. You yeah. Know, that was when cool. we remember it, really. So that was sort of fun to see like yeah. 42nd Street and Chorus Line. Washington and the Square movies. Diner and that yeah. basketball court yeah. next to the yeah. West Coast. Yeah, Ford that was style. neat. Yeah, yeah. Although I was fe- I was like, wait, how are they? How are they getting to Yankee Stadium? Oh, they're Why they over the I place? Yeah. All like, over you the don't city. go that way to get
1: to the Bronx. Yeah. Exactly. No, that <laughs> made no sense funny. to me.
3: But very then once funny. they got to a stencil, it was supposed to be Midtown. Right. I was really watching I'm like okay so is 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 they going to are they going to stay? Are there, are there going to be any like landmarks? I'm like, no, that's, that's not Midtown anymore. And there's one point, I think it's Christopher Lloyd, where he's in front of a subway station. And I noticed they actually scratched yep. out. They scratched out the number. Oh, the yeah. number, yeah. I thought. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. yeah oh, no, I thought it was oh,
2: very cool. I thought the same thing for it. I was like, oh, that's how they'll take care of that. Yeah.
3: They're doing <laughs> that because of dicks like us who were like, mm, I don't really believe the you're <laughs> on <48's." laughs> Oh God. Yeah. I did like I said, I like the, I like the first half hour. The rest was disappointing to me.
2: The one thing I thought, one thing that was a pleasant surprise about this, and Kate and I both said it is, I was bracing for this. I was like, okay, I remember this movie fondly. And it's like, okay, four mental patients go to this. And I was like, how insensitive a portrayal of mental <laughs> yeah. illness will this be? And right. how will right, how sorry. poorly will it have aged? And I'm sure there are lots of little moments. But I actually thought it was nicely handled i did not think it was uh you know what i mean i didn't think you it was agreed. insensitive yeah. or um offensive in in any palpable way and anything other than like oh well these comedies have like you know little jokes about crazies and nuts and you know like yeah. you know like shots of the ho- inside of the hospital where you're like okay that's clearly just a it, you know what i mean like Cooper's exactly. nest is one thing this is right. like the the very thin like oh reference to cuckoo's nest and, yes. and you know you see it in it, movies like
1: awakenings fun. and things like that where you sort of get these shots of just people sort of yeah. just sitting in chairs and yeah. staring yeah. Or, or having their own moments but yeah you get a little bit of that but, but but no i think you're right jason that was something i wanted to uh to 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 mention as well is like you know it doesn't age it could have aged a lot worse in that regard
3: yeah. all right well how many Four. Sheilers. Four. Four. <sighs> Yeah, I'll meet you there, Dan. Okay. I'll meet you on four. All right,
2: and I'll add your ratings together for eight. <gasps> Whoa! <gasps> you, won't. you won't. <laughs> Whoa! Loved it. I love it. I still love it. As as dumb as it is, all its faults, all its many faults. I love you still. I love you still. Okay. The it Dream doesn't Team. upset you
1: that it's not funny. I found it
2: funny. No. I laughed. I laughed. But it, it, you're right. It is not. It is not an uproarious it's comedy. Not wacky. I don't. Yeah, Uh, I don't think it needs to be. I don't think it needs to be because I was I'll tell you, I was I'm putting a lot of weight on this one performance. But Christopher Lloyd really was the heart of it for me and and really worked for me in a way that I've seen it many times. And I never I never thought twice about him. And I guess just as you get older and have more perspective and are just a little more sensitive and, you know, you just see other things. And I, I loved him and I saw more depth than Keaton's character as well i I mean this is i will say this too i wrote the word ridiculous about 17 times in my notes and not in a good way i wrote that's a ridiculous scene that's ridiculous it's ridiculous that the doctor would do that it's ridiculous that this is what happens it's ridiculous ridiculous that's ridiculous ridiculous and at the end i'm like ridiculous but I love it ridiculous but I love it my heart wants H-H-E. to hate shield wow so it's yeah. I know it's that's you know. what
3: I felt about dead commas like the baby flying through the window ridiculous but I love it <laughs> dead dog ridiculous but I love it it's oh, okay Nicole Kidman being forced to have sex with Billy Zane ridiculous but I well I don't know no, if I love it love but,
2: is a strong word yeah. for that. God. poor Nicole Kidman um oh. yeah so I'm gonna stick with that even though I know you know I, it, I I'd have more cred if I drop it down. To at least a seven. At some point, Damon will type up the list and then I'll be like, Yeah, you know. And I say type up because it'll be a Wes Anderson movie. And he'll <laughs> he'll post the typewritten page of all our Sheila ratings on yes. some on the bulletin board. And I'll be like, Woof, am I gonna regret that? Maybe. But all right. sweet little you know dream what? team. To I mi- still love you.
1: To mitigate it, I'll go down to three point five. So
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> stay with four. Come on. It's already
1: um, done. It's already done.
3: He didn't love it. Hey, you know what people do love? Go ahead. Shakespeare surveys. Because we got a lot of responses to our online query of what's your favorite Shakespeare movie. Now, I don't know if any of those people actually listened to the episode. No. I know. They should. Something I was wondering. If you're listening now, listen to the episode. But yeah, we got a lot of response about that. The two big winners... I found from my aggregating skills or lack thereof mm. were uh, both Brana. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is much ado. A lot of people really yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. And Henry V was on a lot of people's top list. And you'll be happy to know Dan Strange Brew was A big one, a I like saw, saw that yeah. people were
1: commenting on that, and they're also commenting a lot on, on Akira Kurosawa's Ron, Ron, which is his yeah, King Lear,
2: which yeah. I haven't
1: seen in a hundred years. I really need to do a read. I wrote a
2: paper that. on that for uh, Did in you? Hofstra, I wrote a paper on oh, wow. uh, Ron <laughs> the Godfather Part Three oh. and 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 Lear, and uh, yeah, uh, for um. Wasn't for a, I don't think it was for a drama. Class. I don't know if it was for my film class for Del gaudio or if it was. Uh, for, uh, uh, I don't know what it was. I can't remember if it was for English film or or drama. But um, but I did write a paper on it, so I remember Ron fondly. I haven't seen it though since probably I've never the nineties.
1: And it's yeah. not about Ron Perlman.
0: Ron. <laughs> oh shit! No, I did watch that.
2: Now. I watch. See, that's the weird thing. Is first I had to sit through a documentary on Ron Perlman, then a documentary on Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Then, <laughs> then Ron Reagan Jr. I was like, "Why don't they just?" And I'm like, "Oh, R A N, ran." Then, okay. If you I'm can God. believe
3: it, and I think you can, there is a documentary about Ron Jeremy, and I have seen it.
0: I have been in this business 52 years, and I will. I've never seen anything like this.
3: Let's see what else. Did, okay. There was uh, uh, there was one mention of ten things I hate about you. Uh, mm-hmm. Many people mentioned oh, yeah. Chimes at Midnight. Uh, a few people mentioned McKellen's Richard the Third, a movie that I right. almost had on my list. A few people mentioned it's called Scotland PA. Yeah, which was a I thought you were going to have mid-bath. that
2: there. Is that I've never it. seen
3: that. It was pretty fun. I haven't seen. I saw it at Sundance years ago because my friend John was in it, um, and Chayani. I remember I remember really enjoying it. Uh, what? Oh, you, I have to bring this up because our, our friend Jonas mentioned this, and I, I'm, I'm kicking myself in the ass that I didn't bring it up. Um, was the moonlighting episode where they did Tammy of yes, the Shrew*?
1: That's a great. That one. was
3: one of my yeah. favorites, and that's what I kept thinking yeah. when I was watching 10 Things I Hate About You*. I kept yeah. thinking, no, it's got to be more like that moonlighting episode. I want more of that yep. relationship between yep. Yep. them. If truth be told,
0: a mistake was made by all, by the town, by her family. And by me. For Kate never needed to be tamed. She merely needed to be
3: loved. Kiss me, Petruchio. Well, thank you to everyone who wrote in. If you're listening, I hope you're listening now. I hope we've piqued your interest and you're like, huh, what are all these uh, these posts I keep seeing? Let's listen to this thing.
1: Yeah, that's right. Five stars and subscribe. Listen, subscribe, five stars. We got another nice review this week. We keep, you know, we're racking up the reviews. We get like one every two months. (laughs) Racking them up. Sometimes one every three months. Good job, people. Keep putting them on there. At this pace, we'll have another review by Christmas. It'll be great.
3: (laughs) Maybe by then we'll be major league. (gasps) <gasps> and i will go from the minors now up how to the can majors. you not be
2: giving five stars to segues like These this if you free to just review the segues if you're not people <laughs> if you're like i only came for the hand farting i only came for the segues i can't stand your voice jason that's fine just give stars to the things you like just focus focus on the things you like yes thank you fred Another a wonderful masterful. voice, Jason. Oh no, I think my voice is beautiful, but they might just not like me. But the voice, you can't. Well, you can't go better than this. No. Um, <laughs> I strangely agree. Major League.
1: Harry Doyle here, welcoming all of you to another season of Indians baseball.
0: Here's a list of the players we'll be inviting to camp.
3: This guy here is dead. Cross him off, then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you in our spring camp. Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Right. Voodoo. hey, hey. Mays Hayes
2: here.
0: Play like Mays, and I run like Hayes. How you doing?
3: What the hell league you been playing in? California Penal.
2: The new owner of the Cleveland Indians, former showgirl Rachel Phelps, played by Margaret Witten, has made a sweetheart deal to move the team to Miami. But to break the lease with the city of Cleveland, ticket sales have to plummet. So Phelps hires the most incompetent players available, including near-blind pitcher Rick Vaughn, played by Charlie Sheen, and injury-prone catcher Jake Taylor, played by Tom Berenger, in a bid to drive the team into last place. However, her villainous tactics accidentally foster a can-do team spirit, turning the long-suffering Indians into potential winners. Also starring Wesley Snipes, Corbin Burnson, Rene Russo, and James Gammon, Major League opened with $8.8 million at the box office and earned a healthy $49.8 million worldwide, setting the stage for a 1994 sequel. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Major League?
3: Well, I'll tell you, you just describing it, makes me think we were talking before the podcast started about my love for uh, the show Ted Lasso. I'm mm-hmm. like, "Wow, they must be real big fans of this movie because the plot is very similar." Really? I very very similar. <laughs> yeah, basically about somebody who wants their team to fail. I don't want to give too much away. Oh, and uh, wow. also uh, you know, it uh, must uh,
2: be a total homage or, or Yeah, riff there, on there's Major something.
3: League. There's definitely something there. Uh, so that being said, watch Ted Lasso. Uh, <laughs> but back to the podcast and Major League. It, I think it's a great movie. I think it's a lot of fun. It's not, it's, you know, it, it, it is not, not to sound like a uh, old Trumpy there, but it is what it is in the sense that it's just a great sports movie. There's nothing too deep about it. It's You're it's, right. You know, it's, it's a movie. I don't think I saw it in the theaters. I don't have a recollection of it. I, I know I saw it on cable multiple times. I hadn't seen it in a while my next door neighbor has a great Joe Boo shirt that he always yeah. wears. And I keep oh, telling myself, I'm like, fuck, I got to go. I got to go rewatch it. And I've been wanting to watch it with the kids and rewatching it again. It, you know, everything, my, my love and lust for Renee Russo came rushing back. Oh, by, she's beautiful. <laughs> this she's this great, is the, I think this is the first thing that I saw her in and I just thought, my God. No, you know, the first thing I ever saw her in was uh, this bad Jim Belushi movie called Taking Care of Business. Oh, yeah. And I was like, who is <laughs> right. that? Oh, oh she's beautiful God. in this. Um, yeah, she's That's beautiful. the one- thing about the movie that I could take or leave, that relationship between her and Tom Berenger. Really? It's fine. I I, I don't mind it. it, it it's I it's don't fine. Mind. It's okay.
2: It, it does feel like we need some sort of romantic relationship. We need like the everyman guy, the most normal guy to have yeah. like a, a love he's fighting for or trying to foster. I yeah. agree with you completely. But I didn't mind it. At no no all. no I don't
3: mind it. They're, I like they're it. Both I, great, I, I, so. They're both great. They they're both very good. I wish maybe there was like a little bit more to it. But it's just it it's 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 a Great sports movie. It's a movie for for baseball lovers. It's about the fans. You know, I love the opening. I love I, I love the opening with Terrific. the Randy Newman song and, and yeah, the smog
2: yeah. filled like yeah. the industrial really? Cleveland, talking about yep. how wonderful Cleveland is. But it's also like, oh god, it seems so economically depressed or just yeah. like grimy and beautiful. It's kind of
3: great. beautiful in a way. It yeah. is yeah. beautiful. I, I I really enjoy that. I almost wish there was more of that throughout the movie too mm. because my favorite parts i love when it would go back to the fans like i loved when it went back to the um what do they call them like the wahoo nation tribe like those those four people high, too high that's one of my favorite moments yeah too high. what do you mean too high Oh, God, it's that's so funny. good. That's funny. That, it's, and again, very Ted Lasso. All, all of those aspects. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were really basing a lot of it on Major League. But like, you know, when you get to, you know, you know, they're going to, you know exactly what's going to happen. There's no surprises in doesn't this movie, matter. really. But it, it doesn't, doesn't you're exactly right. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, when you see those guys in the stands, when you see the Wahoo Nation crying and Bob Euchre, scr- like, that's oh. it. That's it. You're yep. like, Okay. That's that's all we wanted. You know, you know, what's going to happen. You know, he's going to get the girl, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe there's a little surprise at the end with what Tom Berenger does, you know, to get the play. Yes. But, you know, they're going to come out on top and it's (laughs) it's great, you know, and even when the moment I knew was coming. And I thought, oh, this is going to be cheesy. But when they start to play Wild Thing, nope. and Charlie Sheen enters, Works. I'm like, it's chills. like Mariano Works. Rivera coming walking it's, into Enter Sandman. Yep. Fucking, you know,
2: chills. I'm like,
3: how exactly? I'm like, why am I getting chills from a cover of Wild Thing and Charlie Sheen? <laughs> and Charlie Sheen, of all but people. It, why am I mean,
2: I mean, I've gotten yeah, uh, several other mean. things from Charlie Sheen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We forget because he went cuckoo crazy know, Charlie right. Sheen was really good was. Was Wall Street
2: he- platoon. platoon he has an innocence about him that yes. is even like the t- it's very much like what he does in Ferris Bueller where he's like the you yes. know what I mean like yeah. the tough guy the punk with the crazy haircut yeah, and the drugs that yeah really totally <laughs> dr- totally on drugs but yet also a sweetness <laughs> to him he yeah. has that here you like you just want to give him a hut you're like oh you, you sweet misguided guy you're good Let's <laughs> let's mine the potential in you What's that
0: shit
2: on your chest? Crisco?
0: Bardol? Vegasil. Any one of them will give you another two to three inches drop on your curveball. Of course, if the umps are watching me close, I just rub a little jalapeno inside my nose, get it running, and if I need to load the ball
1: up
2: a little, just wipe my nose.
3: You put snot
2: on the ball? I haven't got an arm like yours. I gotta put anything on it I can find someday you will too it's, it's great i love the fucking manager james, james gammon, gammon I put, terrific oh he's the best you know, who was that voice. younger than all of us when he made this movie you wow. look at that face that leather pouch of a face yeah he, i mean but he mustache. was somebody who but he is great i fucking love him Wonderful. i love everybody in this i can't believe it i've never seen oh. this movie it, it. I oh, can't really. believe
1: you've never seen it. Yeah, I'm, never I'm dying to it. know what you thought of, 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 I, you of know, just I, how it's structured. and and the, I mean, this is a tight, tight screenplay. This see, is the third really David is. S. Ward screenplay we've seen. The Sting. The Sting? King Ralph, which yeah. he also oh directed. Oh, my God. And this, which he also directed. This is a screenplay that's as tight as anything we've seen. It's fucking pristine, that's, this screenplay.
2: I did not realize who it was. At first, I see David Ward. I'm like, I did, the name has yeah. yet to click with me so i was like ah who's this guy and i was like oh this guy knows what he's doing and, and again does I, he ever because i don't know because the name it's not a name it's like it you makes know, me feel like oh this is like a guy who got his shot at making a movie at making his little passion right, project and no, wow it, yeah. it worked no he's like a I absolutely loved it. And I remember watching and I you talk about like watching things and checking in on the time and being like, oh, when's it going to end or they (laughs) haven't gotten farther (laughs) than this yet? Moves when they introduced everybody and they were in in training and I was so engaged and I was like, I don't think I I never watched it before because I was like, I like baseball, but I generally am not that there aren't a lot of baseball movies other than The Natural, which we're going to talk about in a few weeks. And perhaps we will. Do a sports-themed episode around that yeah. film. Um, well, naturally, baseball Bull movies don't
1: kind of and, and field of dreams are, are kind of the, the big. Yeah, this yes. one yes. kind of yes. moves yes. to number four sometimes. But for me, it's right up there.
2: But I was like, yeah, I always thought it was. Kind of, yeah, I put this in my head in like Mr. Baseball or right. Mr. Three Thousand territory, <laughs> yeah, or just like you know, level. Angels <laughs> no, in the Outfield. It's a, yeah, because yeah, yeah. well, unfortunately, it
3: yeah. suffered from uh, from the sequels. I have something I think you all ought to know about. It seems that Mrs. Phelps doesn't think too highly of our worth. She put this team together because she thought we'd be bad enough to finish dead last, knocking attendance down to the point where she could move the team to Miami and get rid of all of us for better personnel. What if we don't finish last? She'll replace you with somebody who will. After this season, you'll be sent back to the miners or given your outright release.
2: Well, then I guess there's only one thing left to do. What's that? Win the whole fucking
1: thing. I love the moment when he is charging hard for first base and you get the impression, I mean, sequels aside, you get the impression that that is is his last moment in the majors because he is going to destroy his knees for this, it's, he looks yes, like he's in so way.
2: much pain in the mall yeah. too. Oh,
1: and I love,
3: love to. It's That's it's great. and again, this is a spoiler if you don't want it spoiled. Zip ahead. But I love the fact that he's got that dream of you know hitting it out of the park. Yeah. But he knows he, yeah. he he's like it's not going to happen. No. Nope. I got one last chance. Let's just let's just get there by any means necessary. Yep. Let's yeah. go a different way. And then yeah, and then to see him. <sighs> take that bunt and then the shot of him running, you're like, he's still going to do it. He's yeah, not going right. to He's not gonna make it home, maybe. He's not going <laughs> to... The dream isn't going to come completely true, but it's close enough and he's still, they're still right. going to take it.
1: But if he doesn't make it to first, it's over. Like he's it's gotta, over. Yeah. He's got oh, to charge was, harder than he's ever charged people <laughs> to actually make it to first. It's fantastic. It it's was so exciting
2: and it was yeah. so fun and the whole cast was oh, so God. enjoyable. Wesley God. Snipes it was like star was making, wonderful. right? Yeah, yeah. Is this it's his, his totally. first big movie? Yeah.
3: Yep. He had done other stuff, but that's why he into the second one Omar Epps took over his role oh right okay. yeah because okay. he became he became such a big star he didn't star want to do it, it. Yeah. did you
2: notice the guy he plays Patricia Heaton's husband in the middle I can't remember the actor's yes, name he's but the, construction he like
0: the construction guy construction
3: guy who keeps
2: saying like oh these fucking guys who the fuck are these guys and then yeah. he's like oh, I love these fucking guys um, I that, love that this man, was man his on the first movie stuff, was it um, he's yeah great. this was
3: his first because he's really really good he's in so everything else that do I've do, seen him do do
1: you know that actor is Neil Flynn is his name and he is a Bradley mm-hmm. alum. He's an alum of the program. Oh, at yeah. Bradley wow. University. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well,
2: you did a His good job Neil with him. Flynn. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I had no, he was. With him, but he was great. He's, he was great. Yeah, he's a Bradley guy. Um, and I, I was very I surprised. like, is that him?
1: Is that Neil Flynn? And he's got the construction hat on. I'm like, oh yeah, that is yeah. him. He's wonderful. Yeah, he's all over the place. I,
2: I was very surprised, like I said, because I love baseball, but I, I again, the mo- movies sometimes they tend to leave me cold. It doesn't can't capture. The thing that I love and I I, I, and right from the beginning, I have to say at first, the Randy Newman bit was promising. And then I thought, oh, no, you know, (laughs) because they introduce us to the. You know Margaret Whitten as the you know, yes. and it's like oh, and she's dressed like Miss Hannigan or something. She's I mean, Cruella yeah, like, Deville. She's yeah. very Cruella Deville, yeah. and then all the scenes in the office, I was like, it looked oh, almost like a porn. It was like they're like doing this like noir lighting, but like not really. Mm-hmm. Like it was like this very like stylized thing of like of the bad guy lighting in the room. It was so simplistic. I just thought. Am gonna? Am I gonna hate this movie? Is this gonna be just dumber than dirt? And I'll tell you, it sets it up, and then it just effortlessly rolls along, and the whole way through. And and I like it. And by the end, I'm even like a big fan of her performance. And oh yeah, you know, it's like it's like yes, she's it's a device, but it's great.
1: I saw this many many times growing up. I saw it many times on cable and on video. I'm sure we we rented or owned the the VHS. I mean, it was just one of these movies that. My friends and I would watch over and over and quote, you like quote, crazy. everyone was like,
3: just a bit outside. Yeah, that was the yeah. big
1: one. Just a bit outside. Bob Euchre's so good. He's uh, great. The, my my favorite Euchre is uh, uh, this guy threw at his own kid in a father son <laughs> game. That's the yeah. hilarious, hilarious. They're my
3: favorite relationship action in the whole movie. Yes, is the color commentary guy doesn't guy. say
1: much. That's a brilliant, <laughs> <Yeah>. brilliant, <laughs> hilarious joke. The color commentary guy has two lines and, and doesn't really talk. I just
3: like the two of them. And then it's such a great, again, it's just such a great payoff at the end when that excitement, you know, when everyone is just so excited that they wanted to see that guy who looks like David Naughton. You're like, that's, That's I'm a a pepper. Um,
1: You can quote this movie up and down. The other one that my friends and I would say is right from the beginning of the movie where she hands out the roster of who they're going to bring to camp. And one of the old, you know, sort of scouts looks at and goes, this guy here is dead. <laughs> yes. We used to say that to each other all the time. And then Margaret Witten goes, well, cross him off then. <laughs> it's a great joke. That's um, I love, I love the old pitcher, Chelsea Ross, who plays the old pitcher in this. And he has a great relationship with the Dennis Haysbert character, who I also love like crazy, who can't hit the curveball. I mean, it's just such a it, – it, it, all the characters are so carefully drawn. Um, even Corbin Burnson, you know, even yeah. he gets third billing in this. He, he does not bill. have a big part. He does not have I a know, big part, but he, he was a big star be- from L.A. Law. You know, he was a name star from the, yeah, from the show L.A. Law. Um, I, I have a little bit of a it's not a great Corbin Burnson <laughs> story, but I was on a TV show that he helmed uh, that, that he starred in called The Cape, um, okay. which is about a- a astronauts at Cape Canaveral. I had a teeny right. tiny one line part um, where I got to sit. At Mission Control, at actual Cape Canaveral. like at oh, the wow. Seat, like right at the-, uh, the Whoa. I, they told me, you're in the seat where the guy who does the countdown does the countdown. Like, you got the seat you're in. I was like,
3: that's you awesome. You the same thing in Sequest, too. You're always the guy at the seat. You're always I the am guy always at the controls. always the guy
1: at a computer. That is how I get cast on TV and film in my short-lived TV and film career. But it's so funny because I showed up um and, you know, I, I, I stayed at a, they put me at a hotel the night before because this was on the other coast of Florida, the Space Coast, they call it. And so they put me up. I They got me to the to, to set to the location, which is at actual Cape Canaveral. They sat me down in the seat. No one knew who I was or why I was there. I think they all thought I was an extra, but I knew where my fucking line was in the script. So when it was time to say my line, I said my line and everybody, Corbin Bernson, the director, everybody kind of looked over at me and they were like, get him a mic, mic him up. You know, like the, the, Cause they didn't realize they had just been going, going all morning and they didn't realize, Oh, this is the guy who has this line. He's sitting right over there. So that, and then they were all very nice. They introduced themselves to me. You know, like like happens on a set. But prior to that moment, they had no idea, and they were all very, very, very nice. It was very funny. It was very funny. Like, and then if I you're left here with our they,
2: lunches, you can just leave them.
0: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right.
1: They had no idea. But I may as well have been the lunch guy. But they were very nice, and I did my little bit. They did a. I think they maybe did a medium shot of me or something. And then they were like, "Okay, good. You're done. Thank you so much." shook hands and on, on my way i went so it was that's so awesome. funny. but that's awesome. uh yeah that was my one you know scene quote unquote with corbin person was very nice
0: you know us we're a major league
2: baseball team but since we haven't won a pennant in over 30 years nobody recognizes us not even in our own hometown that's why we carry the
3: american express card no matter how far out of first we are it's cool you know, it keeps us from getting shut out at our favorite hotels and restaurant type places.
0: So you're looking for some big league club. Apply for that little green home run heater. Look what it's done for us. People still don't recognize us, but we're contenders now.
2: The American Express card. Don't steal home without it.
1: Um, I love this movie so, so, so much. You know, I I you, you hit too. the nail on the head with James Gammon. I think he's my favorite um uh you know just just that
3: voice he I comes know, in and talks he's, like this he's, and he's like fantastic. come on
1: don't don't give me that old lady shit i mean he just is so <laughs> deep i know he came up doing like lie of the mind and sam shepherd plays and things like that you uh-huh. could see him in like every sam shepherd guy my, my god absolutely and he's just such a great character he looks like teddy roosevelt <laughs> you know he and and he has so many great um moments in it, uh in in it as well. I I love when he's like, you know, he he sees that Tom Berenger is giving the signs and knows what Tom Berenger wants to do, which is bunt, you know, and he goes, Oh, that's interesting <laughs> and he gives the <laughs> slides to the other coach and it's like you he's just great. see the wheels he, turning and his I little he's tiny
2: beady eyes f- I wonderful. think he's my favorite performance in it I and, I, and, I, and I like everybody yeah. in it but I really yeah. loved him from yeah. the beginning when they give him the call and he's working <laughs> at a tire at the garage shop. and he's like he's yeah. a tire salesman <laughs> he's like you gotta sail on white walls or something I don't know if I can come yeah. manage yeah. the Cleveland Indians I gotta I see
3: a guy about some white
2: walls <laughs> <You're right. laughs>
3: That's it. It wasn't until afterwards, when I was looking up the movie, I was like, "Holy shit, that's Dennis Haysbert!"
2: Yes, I did not I, to, until Solano. you told me just Allstate. now. I had no idea it was him.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Jobu, what's in your wallet? Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no clue. He was really good, though. He was really, really funny. That's and another I love how- thing
1: we used to say all the time is, fuck you, Joe Boo. I do it myself. <laughs> We'd say that all the time. We would also say, up your butt, Joe Boo, which is what Chelsea Ross says before he yes. drinks the rum. And then immediately gets hit with a bat as soon as he goes out onto the field. That's awesome. So many great, great, great moments and great and quotable things that happened.
3: What was this. nice, so too, great. it was nice to, like, these guys, they obviously cast people who could play the sport. You know, yes. I, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially Charlie Sheen, there were some shots of him pitching. Now, whether he could really pitch that Looks fast. Or absolutely not, legit. I-, I kept
2: thinking yeah, that yeah, with yeah. all those guys, I was like, they all clearly can play. I was like, Yeah, Corbin Burnson, not a movie star, like a TV guy, but right. He like he's a play, he can play the game, clearly. Yeah. And he was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Many interesting ways to film. The same event, which is people opening up their locker to find out if Mm -hmm. they've if they've been cut, and and, you know that's a very repetitive action. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's personal for each character, but in the filmmaking terms, the Sheen one is brilliant because he opens it up, and it's so you know the camera's focused on him, and it's so out of focus in the foreground of the the picture. You see just the hue, the red hue. Mm -hmm. You can't even make out the shape, but you see red in the corner of the of the frame, and you're like. Oh, he got cut. It's great. I thought that was yep. from a filmmaking because the focus that maybe, is on Shane's my favorite face. shot in the movie. Him seeing that, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. Very, uh, very I cool.
1: love it. I so, love it. Fred, you didn't dig the Berenger Russo plot line.
3: Uh no, it was fine. It just seemed like they had to throw that in there.
1: Yeah, that's what it, I would know, fast it, forward as a kid. I'd be like, okay, go through this.
3: But I yeah, love it now. I don't mind it. I think she's great in it. I think he plays it well. I guess I. You know, maybe just something extra, one extra little added element or scene to it about their past or, you know, why he left or what what happened just to make it a little more plausible that she'd give up. It just seemed very sudden that, you know, she's, showing her hand well I'm, I'm gonna break off this relationship to go back it to does you. end
2: abruptly yeah
3: you know it was very it, it was a little similar to uh the lorraine brocco michael team. keaton yeah, relationship right.
2: and, and and to the uh, point mm-hmm. where like the guys that they're with in both movies could be the same oh, totally. you know very similar type <laughs> yeah. guys basically guys who look like me the dark <laughs> his dark hair <laughs> and these <laughs> very pronounced eyebrows schmucks that the yeah. audience she, she ends and- up
1: with milo o'shea
3: at the end of Dream mm-hmm. you yeah. <laughs> catch that I didn't look like other
2: people.
3: Jumping back to dream team. I actually thought it would have been a braver choice and a cooler choice. That scene with, with Michael Keaton and Lorraine Bracco where they first, you know, meet up again and then he loses his shit and they get Mm -hmm. into a fight. I thought it would have been more touching if she doesn't come back to him. Like Ah. he does have these anger issues, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and that's what pushes her away and maybe she doesn't leave his life completely, but the fact that she just leaves her, you know, her fiance, I don't know. I didn't buy that. And the same thing with this, I, so I didn't mind it, but I just I think they they skimmed the surface a little bit. But it's not really about that, you know. That's not what the yeah. movie's about. Yeah. so it is I, a, for, I forgive it more. It's a yeah. surfacey
2: element, and it uh, it also doesn't. It, there's like one very expositiony scene in this that is that is the two of them. That's I, I guess it's just that it's basically the explanation of what happened. Yeah, this seems to the their library. relationship and what he did. And it just seems like a lot of, yeah. you know, info packed into a couple shots of, of is, them together. Yeah. I, but it didn't, again, mostly because they are so appealing. Like, yes. I really mm-hmm. love Tom Berenger in this. I think yeah. after James Gammon, he's my favorite you he's know, the performance heart of it. in it. He is the heart of it. And yeah. I really and he's not an actor that's ever really been on my radar or anything. And I loved Me him either. in this, loved him in it.
3: I feel like I just I don't know I can't think of any baseball movies that just fall flat, right? And I think it's something about the sport that allows maybe because there's more time, because there's a lot of what, what, what is it? I don't know what 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 is it? Well,
1: I think it's because of our uh, it's in. You know, we, we start this podcast every week by saying that other great American pastime, going to the movies with our yeah. friends. Well, yeah. What's yeah. It, what? Why is it the right. other? Because we all know that the first great American right. pastime baseball. is is baseball, right? And it's in the DNA kind of of every American. Even if you're not a big fan, you know what baseball means yes. to this country. I think that's what it is. Our sport, right? Yeah. And yeah. so even if it's you know, I we just watched um uh, this Daniel Stern. Directed movie called Rookie of the Year. It's it's very silly. Even that works, you know. <laughs> Even yeah. that works. Even um, the Sandlot uh, works. I, I was going to mention that's the Sandlot, beloved movie. You know, My, yeah. my family loves works.
2: Angels in the Outfield. Love Angels my in the Outfield works. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they all they all kind of work. The rookie, all the permutations of the Air
2: Bud. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding.
1: <laughs> all the permutations. You know, there's something about it where you can. Uh, the the victory in baseball is hard hard fought hard won in a both mental and physical way that you can really show on film because it does progress in a way that builds tension so that's why i think this this movie um works you know you get those final few innings condensed you still get the sense that they've been in a long you know nine inning (laughs) battle with the yankees you know um the the star of the movie for me is the screenplay. <laughs> I I think the mm. screenplay, you know, it, it reminds me of Galaxy Quest. It reminds me of it reminds yeah. me of this thing. I mean, it's just so tight, and it never feels like we're we're stuck or p- putting the movie in neutral. Maybe a little bit of the Rene Russo stuff, but even when he goes to the home of her bo- her fiance, <laughs> that's a great little scene. And I and there's th- those characters are finely drawn even though they don't have much to do or to say you know the guests at the party oh yeah this is this is this is a well this is a well-crafted movie through and through and through i i I really love it
2: i really love it how many Mm -hmm. sheilas
0: 8.5
2: that's me too 8.5
1: yeah i'll give it an eight
2: yes very very good yeah i was very very pleasantly surprised by it i really loved it
1: you liked it, even though the Yankees lose at the end.
2: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I know that the Yankees are often the villains in these <laughs> yes. things, and that's and that's <laughs> they're fine. well cast
1: as the villains. I know they're,
2: I know they're, they're, the the winners of my heart, the losers of most movies.
0: <laughs> mm. no,
2: that's fine. That's fine. Uh, we Got all love job, Darth man. Vader too. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, everyone. Next week. We're going to be back with uh, a little trip to April 17th, 1987, and the release of two films, Project X, starring Matthew Broderick, and I believe Helen Hunt? Yes. yes. I saw that she movie is. in the theater, but oh. I have not seen it since 1987. Uh, Project the monkey, X. Thing, right? is the yeah. monkey thing, right? Yeah. Monkey. I remember it. I remember liking it, but we'll see. I have not seen hide nor hair of it since 1987. And uh, very exciting, our first Coen Brothers movie, I believe, on this show, Raising Ooh. Arizona, yes. starring Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter. Uh, again, remember it as a great film. I imagine I'll still think it's great, but have not seen that in a long time either.
3: I'm Man. just looking forward to the hand fart of that theme song. Sorry, Put put that in the back of your head there. Is that Raising
0: Arizona? <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. yep, that's
3: it fantastic
2: Ah, start working on it well but but before you start working on that Uh, what do you got for us now
1: now we get a little wild thing okay and this is the great i think it is the best moment in the movie is when he comes through those the bullpen and everyone's wild thing let's see
0: This That's a golden
3: Sheila. I was contender. just going to say, two
2: weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. I'm like, uh, Golden Sheila is one. You just keep. That was the first time it felt like your hands were speaking to yeah. us. Yeah. You were farting like, you know, it was like farting dialogue. It was farting, you know, the nuances of just speak singing. There are
3: almost different tracks to it. You know, you have the the, the vocal, the guitar, there's a little bass. I have to, I I need to post it one day, but when I mix these episodes, it's always funny just seeing like the sound waves because when we get to the hand (laughs) farts, It, they just shoot off the chart, and I feel like this one is just going to
1: explode. <laughs> oh my, God. my hands are getting smarter. I think that's what it is. They're <laughs>
3: learning.
1: They're learning.
2: Finally, I think that I think there's going to be a line in Project X about that. Instead of hands, it'll be a monkey. But it'll be like I think, and then we can insert you saying, "My hands are getting smarter." <laughs>
0: The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan
3: Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening.